When you grow up in the middle of nowhere, planes aren't really something you see often. Of course, there were the occasional farmers with their single-engine planes in the field, and I like to joke that the hangar closest to my town is the Wright Regional Airport. See, the joke is that my town was way too small to ever have an airport, and it was a single-stall hangar in the middle of a field. It took until I was 15 to fly in a plane for the first time, a trip to Miami for a choir competition. Soaring through the air, it's hard not to think about how small the world really is. For one person, the world wasn't big enough. There wasn't a route she wouldn't take until her final flight left her as a legend. One of the biggest aviation mysteries in history. But did you know that the famous Amelia Earhart was very nearly a Wyomingite? Is it your wild, wild women just being who they want to be? Is it your cold, wild windows sweeping me clean? Is it your bedrock, Wyoming wisdom, your sweet starlit dreams? Is it your Wyoming whiskey with water from a mountain stream? Sure, celebrities buy homes in the cowboy state all the time. We've even got another aviator in Jackson Hole whenever Harrison Ford is at home at the Falcon Ranch. But Amelia was struck by the beauty of the Rocky Mountains and hoped to make a small corner of it all her own. If not for her untimely disappearance in 1937, the most famous female aviator in history might have become a resident of the cowboy state. A half-completed log cabin near Matizzi stood as the remnant of her plans to get away from it all in the wilds of Wyoming. Amelia practically needs no introduction. Born on July 24, 1892, she began her love affair with the soaring winds and air travel. At the age of 10, she saw her first airplane at the State Fair in Iowa, and she was fascinated from then on, hoping to be the one to pilot the machine through the air. In 1920, Amelia and her father attended an aircraft meetup where she asked him to inquire about lessons to learn to fly. She was taken up in the air for the first time with a 10-minute flight, for which they charged $10, and knew that the profession was for her. By the time I had two or three hundred feet off the ground, she said, I knew I had to fly. Earhart would make history just eight years later in 1928, as the first woman to make a transatlantic flight across the ocean. With her own star status rising, she'd be compared to the famous aviator Charles Lindbergh. The press even began calling her Lady Lindy as a term of endearment and comparison to Lindbergh himself. Amelia Mary Earhart first showed up on Wyoming radars in 1931 when she flew across the country in a plane dubbed the Flying Windmill, stopping in many southern Wyoming towns along the way, including Cheyenne, Laramie, Rock Springs, and Leroy. 
The Laramie Republican Boomerang's front-page story in 1931 described Earhart as a petite, tassel-haired sky goddess in a weird windmill ship. Upon her stop in Laramie and her greeting of the spectators who had gathered. The stop in Laramie only lasted 20 minutes and she was off again. Earhart was in Wyoming again in 1934 when she and her husband George Punham planned a trip to the Double D Ranch just outside of Medici. Located near the Wood River, miles from town, secluded and peaceful, the scenic mountainous location seemed like the perfect place to get away from it all, and Earhart asked the ranch proprietor and her close friend, Carl Dunred, to build her a cabin on the spot. Dunrod cut logs and laid the start of her new summer home in 1936. Dunrod cut logs and laid the start of her new summer home in 1936. A year later, Earhart's plane would disappear over the Pacific Ocean as she attempted her around-the-world flight. While the mystery of her disappearance has continued to this day, last year, a researcher in the University of Tennessee released a statement that bones found on an island in a remote part of the South Pacific showed a 99% similarity match to Earhart's after in-depth analysis. Anthropology professor Richard Jantz says of the reanalysis, until definitive evidence is presented that the remains are not those of Amelia Earhart, the most convincing argument is that they are hers. Though she may have ended up lost in the South Pacific, her new homestead back in Wyoming ceased construction. In the 1970s, it began to deteriorate past the ability to restore it, and the Dunrod family put up a marker in Matitsi to remember her. Now, the only evidence of Amelia Earhart's plans for a home in Wyoming to call her own, and a heavy winter coat that she sent to Carl Dunrod to make sure she had it when she came to visit. Thank you for listening to Wild Women, Wind, and Wyoming Wisdom. I'm your host, Debbie Cobb. If you want to help out the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also support our work on Patreon, where you'll get exclusive behind-the-scenes peaks and perks. Our theme song is by Wes Hogg and Birgit Burke. Special thanks this week to the jets that we see in the sky in the flyover states. We'll be back next week with new episodes posted every Wednesday. Learn a little more about the Cowboy State with Wild Women, Wind, and Wyoming Wisdom.